right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my coworker, Jordan Bianchi. We are writers here at The Athletic, and we watched the Las Vegas Motor Speedway race from afar. Um, and so we have some thoughts to share on that after Kurt Busch. What? Where'd that come from? <laughs> Kurt Busch goes to victory lane to shake up round two of the playoffs right away. Jordan, would you have uh, predicted that one? No, I, I didn't see it. I, I thought Kurt was going to be a, a, you know, a round two elimination. Did not expect him to win a race. Uh, didn't really see a lot of speed out of his car. It was okay all night. It was kind of running in the back half of the top 10, but... Sometimes it's better to be lucky and good, especially in Las Vegas. Sounds cliche, but it's absolutely true. And he got a really timely caution, worked out in his favor, and did a really good job on the restart and wrestling the lead away and hanging on to the lead and punched his ticket to the semifinals. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I think I was the same with you where I had him out um, this round. And, of course, wouldn't wouldn't you know it, uh, somebody who we both picked to be eliminated goes out and actually – not only is, is looking good to advance, but actually advances and wins and uh, clinches their way through. So uh, pretty surprising stuff there. But obviously, look, he he wasn't going to uh, he wasn't going to be in that position. He was probably going to run fifteenth ish or something. Um, and then uh, you know he was staying out later than the other playoff drivers. Everybody made their their pit stop uh, on a green flag cycle. It was a pretty boring race, really. A pretty uneventful race, I thought. It kind of reminded me, um, I mean, up till that point, of course, uh, it kind of reminded me to that point of sort of Kentucky where yes. there was really not a lot going on. And then you were thinking maybe there could be an exciting finish like the one where Cole Custer won on that late restart. But, you know, the, the, as I tweeted uh, with 80 laps to go, hey, still no natural cautions in this race. Then there was a debris caution that was kind of like, hmm, did we actually ever see it? I don't think so. Nobody ever saw what car it was from or what the deal was. Um, so they get going again, and then um, it looks like, you know, people are, are pitting under green, and it might cycle out to the end. Can anybody make it? And then Jimmy Johnson blows a tire. That time we did see the, bre- the, the debris uh, piece of metal on the track, and it was right in the middle of green flag stops. Kurt Busch um, ends up getting just a huge gift to be able to um, get the get his track position, only playoff car in the lead lap when that happened. Alex Bowman got the free pass, but uh, just a, a a major turn of events for for that number one team, where you're thinking, boy, they're they're probably in trouble. Next thing you know, they have the track position. This was a track position game. He's able to hold off on. Uh, you know, he had some great restarts. Obviously, he was great. He was phenomenal. But, he, he earned it. He certainly earned yeah, it at the end. Sure. Um, you know, but he had the he had the track position to do it. And uh, ultimately, he's able to capitalize as a as a veteran can do there. So um, next thing you know, that's that's how that's how quickly these playoffs can change. You know, just one piece of metal. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Denny. I mean, it does. And if you look at the big picture, Kurt now is is moving on, and his win puts his brother Kyle on the other side of the cut line, and it's one less spot for that we thought was going to go to somebody else. And, you know, Hamlin wins that race, which I thought was going to happen, or Bowman wins that race. All of a sudden you're thinking, okay, wow, the, the, the playoffs take on a different complexion a little bit, especially if Alex Bowman wins. Because I, I was sitting there thinking, if Bowman wins this race, what races are in the, the semifinals? Well, Texas and Kansas, which are two really good tracks for him, and especially Hendrick. And it's like, whoa, wait wait a second here. This might be something. And then all of a sudden now it's 
he he doesn't have a win. He's only nine points to the good going to Talladega. Yeah, and you know I think too um, just the the uh, emotional impact of this win. It was yeah. pretty cool to see. I I couldn't help but feeling that uh, Kurt Busch was somewhat robbed of having you know twenty years of trying to win at his home track, which obviously anybody could see meant quite a lot to him. And so he finally gets it done, and you know to get out and. You know, there's no fans there. There's no cheering uh, except for your crew guys. Uh, obviously, he was really thrilled to win. But, man, I mean, um, we thought that this was going to be a race up until the week before the race that that had fans. For whatever reason, they couldn't get it done, um, which is, you know, look, I, I understand we're in a, in a pandemic. I don't want to go too far down this road of COVID stuff. But the bottom line is that, you know, in, in Vegas, the casinos are open. Okay. So... You have the casinos open. It's open for business. So then to say, well, we can't have, you know, say 10,000 people spaced out at an 80,000 uh, person racetrack. That that seemed weird. I mean, I could understand New Hampshire um, when they didn't want people coming in, um, you know, NASCAR. They didn't want NASCAR coming in uh, from North Carolina and, and, you know, letting them go to the hotels and the restaurants or whatever. But, you know, the out of town visitors or whatever. I mean, they're already coming to Vegas. So, you know, fan wise too, I just, that, that was weird. I, I felt bad for Kurt just given all the circumstances in that sense, you know, uh, his parents obviously not there, stuff like that. You know, the, the guy that, um, you know, the, the star nursery people who he's, he's been so fond of talking about, but either way, you could still see that it meant a lot to him. It did a uh, very emotional afterwards. And it's not something you always hear from Kurt and, it's one of those wins that you didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, he'd been at 0 for 21 at Vegas before tonight. And he's had an interesting career. Sometimes it's star-crossed a little bit. And to get that win, which obviously means a lot. And let's be honest, Kurt's probably towards the end of his career. isn't going to probably race for too many more years. And it's fair to think. I mean, he even said it. Like, am I have an opportunity to win at my home track. It just, I'm not good here. It just it doesn't seem to work in my favor, really. And... Tonight it did, and it's unfortunate. I agree with your comments about you know not having fans there. It seems like there's a way to do that in a manner that is safe and responsible, and especially for people that had tickets in advance. And the decision was made so late too. I really felt for them, and you, you know you hope that people that did have those those plans were able to to change them and not have to you know get hit too hard in the pocketbook or anything. And it's unfortunate, it, you know. And some of these things, the decisions are made. It always seems you know rhyme or reason, but. Um, it was really interesting to see him celebrate afterwards, Kurt, and, and you know, you know, he goes and points at the letters of Las Vegas and the celebration with the crew and him jumping on the hood. It's just you—you you can tell, and we saw it last year at Kentucky when he won. It's like this is a driver who knows that. Let's be honest, the wins are—they're few and far in between now. I mean, he's winning about a one one race a year, but again, you don't know how long you're going to keep racing for if this is going to keep up. So you can tell that he really appreciates it and, and and it's something that maybe that wasn't you know at there at the beginning of his career yeah no i i def- could definitely see a, a scenario where that's that ends up somehow being his his last career win because like you said um you know he he might win one a year um the ganassi stuff isn't isn't amazing equipment or anything it doesn't seem like um you know it seems like it's it's you know second tier compared to the the elite teams so how many more chances will he have? So yeah, to to capitalize like that, uh, it's pretty pretty important. If that turn does turn out to be his final career win, I think he'll 
obviously, you know, we know he's coming back next year and, um, you know, but will that be it? I, I just don't know. So, um, anyway, either way, it was, uh, it was interesting to hear him talk tonight about how when, you know, Brexton Bush, um, his nephew wins his first race this weekend. Um, and, you know, Kurt said that, you know, he was thinking on the plane outright uh, out to, uh, um, Las Vegas with, with Sam and Kyle that, um, you know, maybe, Hey, um, you know, maybe it's starting to, maybe, maybe I can start to step away now that the next generation is really starting to take over. So kind of interesting that he was thinking that way even before the race. So I'm sure that now this kind of checks a big thing off his list and, um, yeah, but lots more to talk about here, Jordan. We will come back right after this. So plenty of other people in the playoffs, uh, and you mentioned Alex Bowman. Um, you know, this really, you know, honestly, not even exaggerating at all. This year could have been a, a Las Vegas sweep for Alex Bowman. He could have won both mm-hmm. races. Um, you remember in the spring race, it was either going to be Bowman or Blaney, and a late caution comes out, changes up the pit strategy, and they end up pitting and, and couldn't recover their track position. Um, this time, Bowman was looked like he was going to have the advantage over Hamlin, or he was going to be close. Um, when they were pitting in their green flag pit cycles, uh, he, he might've held, held them off. I don't know. Um, but ultimately it just didn't work out that way for them. He got back up to fifth and he just couldn't get it done, but still a pretty strong run for him. And like you said, I mean, you know, now, now like with Tal, he's good at Talladega. He's mm-hmm. good at the Roval. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Texas and Kansas. He even mentioned afterwards, he's good at Martinsville. He had a good run at Martinsville this year. So, and then uh, like we're just playing this out way far here, but let's say you did get to Phoenix, um, a place where he has almost won um, when he was subbing in the 88 car and is his, his home track. So, I mean, could we see the makings of a long shot dark horse run here that, that nobody really saw coming? Well, here's the problem though. He's only nine points to the good right now. I mean, he, he went, like I said, if he wins tonight, I, I'm, I'm on the Alex Bowman train thinking he might, he's got a path to the final four. But now, that that's there's no guarantees. I mean, nine points is nothing at Talladega and the Roval. I mean, you can lose that in a heartbeat. Who knows? I mean, this is a situation. Alex Bowman could easily be eliminated in round two where that caution doesn't happen tonight. Maybe he's moving on. So it's just, again, it, it illustrates how quickly things can change in your favor. Uh, it's crazy to think about, but it is the kind of the twists and turns that we saw tonight with Bowman, with Chase Elliott, and with some other guys who look like they were going to have some good runs or things were going to work out for them. And then it just didn't happen. Here's the thing though. I mean, if you look at, you know, these tracks coming up for him, like, do you, obviously you can't predict Talladega, like where somebody would run, but let's just assume for argument's sake that he survives Talladega without crashing. So if you survive Talladega without crashing, that probably gives you a top 10, you know, possibly. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's say he gets top 10 at Talladega, just for argument's sake. Then Alex Bowman has got a fifth and a 10th, and he's going to the Roval where he's he's good. I mean, yeah, I think he can get a top five there. Year. Yeah. So if you, even in his position now, if you can say, okay, I can guarantee you a 10th and a fifth, um, no matter what anybody else does, don't you think that moves him on? Oh, yeah. I mean, so he's, he's actually in decent shape i feel like i mean it because because now again 
if he crashes at yeah. Talladega, he's in the same boat as everybody else. Or if something yeah, crazy happens at the Roval, he's crazy. That, you know, I just don't feel like anybody's in good. Anybody who, who's you look at him looking at the standings right now, Truex, let's see, Keselowski's plus sixteen. Keselowski on back. I don't feel anybody's in good shape just because you don't know what can happen. We, well, yes, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm not taking that into um, consideration. I'm saying if you survive Talladega, like we know that yeah. Talladega is the wild card. It's like a, you know, you know, it's it's like a grenade. It's a landmine, whatever can go off and, and whatever you don't, you don't know what's coming. It could take out your chances. Okay. Oh, yeah. We, we get that, but I'm just saying, if you can survive that, um, then what does, what does your playoff picture look like? But I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel kind of like, you know, the way Bowman ran, uh, you know, it seemed like, I don't know. It seemed like the, I almost want to say that the 88 team has survived their slump and they're, they're looking better to me now. I don't, I don't, know if that's for sure but they seem to be like they've maybe gotten past their most difficult part of the season yeah and i think that's fair to say i think they definitely have more speed in their cars chase elliott was really good tonight chase has been good throughout the playoffs nearly won darlington for example alex has been consistently strong definitely looks more like the alex bowman at the beginning of the year than the alex bowman we saw in the middle of the year um, when this team is clicking and they're rolling, they're, they're, they're certainly dangerous. And the, the playoff schedule sets up very well for him. So maybe, I mean, he's certainly capable of being a, a spoiler. That's a role that he he'll probably fit him well. Um, we'll see what happens. But it's just, I just, to me, I just, it's, I have a really hard time looking past Talladega. And to me, honestly, I, I think this is, this very easily could be a missed opportunity when you look back and say, man, we had a card tonight that we were going to finish. At worst, we were going to finish second. Maybe we we're going to win because we we came out ahead of the eleven there. And I don't know. It's just it's going to be. It feels like this might be the the one that got away, and it's going to have some big time ramifications for him. Yeah. Well, um, let's look at other people who were kind of in Bowman situation, starting with Denny Hamlin, um, talking about how this could have changed the playoff picture. This could have been um, win number seven for Denny Hamlin. Could have been another five playoff points for him. Uh, you know, it certainly looked like it was going to be his night or Bowman's night, as we were talking about. And next thing you know, piece of metal changes everything. Um, Hamlin seemed pretty bummed about it, pretty frustrated about it afterward. Sitting on his jet there, ready to go home, I guess. Um, he was doing his, his Zoom call with the media. Uh, but he, you know, I don't know. It's that That's not the first time it's happened to them this year where they – pretty much had a sure win and next thing you know i mean he ends up finishing third but that's definitely not what they wanted no it's not the first time it's happened in the playoffs i mean he should have won darlington or it would have been in contention to win darlington and you know had an issue getting to pit road and then that caution came out and bit him so this has been something that it's 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 hurt the 11 team a lot this year looking at it he's 58 points to the good he's you know he would just have to have catastrophic day at Talladega followed by a horrible day at the Roval and then some other things would have to happen for him not to advance so I mean he's very I mean I don't know he's I don't want to say he's 100 percent, but he's in a really good spot to to make the semifinals but you know every point helps when you get in that next round every little bonus point you can get for winning and everything else comes you know works in your favor so yeah it's it's tough and I think he had made a good comment tonight in his post-race zoom and you know, people are looking at, well, you know, Denny's not winning. The four team has been winning. Are you guys slumping? And I think he, he had a good point when he said, you need to look deeper and that we are up front. We're leading laps. They led, they won a stage at Richmond. They led a lot of laps at Darlington. And it's just, 
it's just the way things are. They they are running well. They're just not kind of executing when they need to, and they're not getting some luck when they need to. And I I think they're still in really good shape. And and I'm looking at the playoffs and the way this unfolds. And he's 58 points to the good going to Talladega. He leaves Talladega with 58 point margin. He's going to he 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 clinches a spot. So. He can be smart at Talladega. You know, you don't need to take chances. Maybe run in the back. Just put yourself in a position to be there at the end. And I think if he can do that, uh, you know, his spot in round two is, will be officially clinched. Well, and you mentioned Darlington. What what are the, the common thread there, right, between um, wins that could have been is that they pit on the sort of, I would say, the proper strategy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to pit when somebody forces your hand. Tonight it was the 88 because he said, look, we were going to pit with the 88. 88 came, we followed them, and that is the proper pit strategy because you can't just give up time and run long. You know, we, we've heard Steve Letarte preach this time and again during the broadcast, right, in terms of understanding the strategy. Um, you just you can't give up time like that. But the downside is if someone catches a fluke caution, like these guys staying out who are just going to run it and they have nothing to lose, and, you know, just so happened that Kurt Busch was in that position tonight – and he's able to make it work for himself. And, you know, Hamlin gets burned by a caution. Again, he probably pitted, what, one or two laps too early yeah, it or wasn't something. Much. I mean, <laughs> so that's got to be really frustrating. I mean, two two wins like that essentially coming down to uh, some fluke timing. But that's racing, and that's the that's the chance you take by pitting early. As, as Hamlin said, we didn't. nobody made us come, but we were just trying to play the strategy the right way. Uh, it's just got to be frustrating, though, that, you know, you – you do the right things. You're making the right move. And, you know, again, I keep saying it, but piece of metal. Uh, it's just it's hard to wrap your head around that that can have so much impact on the entire outlook of the playoffs. It's The playoffs are a weird thing where you can have so many different things impact it, many of it out of your control. And it's understandably, why, you know, you, like you said, you do everything right and it doesn't work out for you. And then conversely, Matt McCall, you know, Kurt Busch's crew chief said, we, we knew what the, the smart play was, but it wasn't going to work for us because it wasn't going to put us in a position to get that track position and get ahead of everybody. So we had to be differently. So sometimes you gotta, you got to think outside the box and go with it. But I think if you're in Denny Hamlin's spot, though, and, and you're looking at the big picture, you have to be smart. You've got to play the odds. You, you've got to do what the smart move is because you don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to scramble and, and cost yourself points. And, yeah, it, it, it sucks because you, you lost out a win tonight, but in the big picture, you're going to be better off in the long run. So just, uh, you know, we don't want to miss anybody that had a good top five run here. But So Kurt Busch won, obviously. Matt DiBenedetto, P2. Um, big for him, possibly. And he openly has talked about how his uh, contract option deadline is due to be picked up by October 1st. Um, you know, by the time you're listening to this, it's at least September 28th. So, you know, final days here that he needs to hear something from the Wood Brothers on what's going to happen with his future. He said he's kind of been leaving them alone. And, um, you know, he's it sounds like he's he's optimistic, but they haven't really talked about it. So that kind of sends up alarm bells up. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Anyway, Hamlin third. Um, Martin Truex Jr., Another, you know, solidly quiet run. He's there. He's he's always seems to be in position. He was fourth tonight. He just keeps, you know, kind of sneaking his way in there, you know, and and he's somebody that we'll keep having to look at. Yeah, quiet night, but an effective night. I mean, ran in the top five, top six all night. Um, 
very effective, good racetrack for him. I, I thought he'd be a little bit better because, you know, the 11 was really strong. I, I expected the 19 to be up there more, but just keeps doing what he needs to do, not making mistakes, puts himself in position, keeps getting some wins or, you know, keeps getting some points in the stages. And he's somebody who I, I you look at it and you think, he, you know, how does he not have more wins and, and everything? But this is a really a, a different playoff for Martin Tricks Jr. When you look at years past, um, you know, he's usually had a lot of playoff points to play with, a lot of bonus points, and then he's been dominating and winning and putting himself in position. This is this is not what we've seen out of him, but it's working. And I, I think if you look at this, this is a driver. If he can get through next week and you go to the Roval, that's a really good race for him, and he sets up well for him to move on. Well, Jordan, right after this, we'll talk about the drivers who didn't have such great nights at Las Vegas. But first, we need to talk about erectile dysfunction. Yes, that's right. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying like, I lost my mojo or avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. That would be a terrible thing to hear from your partner. But with Roman, it is... I'm biting my tongue. I'm just going to bite my tongue and not say anything. Just keep, you're doing a great job. Please continue. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it uh, because with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. So just go to GetRoman.com slash Teardown and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Teardown today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Teardown getroman.com slash teardown. So Jordan, um, not everybody had such a great night at Las Vegas. Um, and some of the playoff drivers really put themselves in a huge hole. Austin Dillon. Oh man. I thought, wow, we're going to have to talk about on, on the, you know, eat, eat more crow here on the podcast about how wrong we were. At least I was saying, you know, Austin Dillon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He had a good first round, but this round not going to happen. Um, he, you know, I think finished sixth in both the first two stages seemed headed toward a good night. Um, next thing you know, he had a safety violation and then, um, I guess a power steering belt came off or something like that ends up finishing seven laps down in 32nd place and is now last in the playoffs way out of it. He is joined in the sort of way out of it club by Eric Almarola, who's only five points ahead of him and had nothing bad happen except he didn't run well. And Clint Boyer, um, who is seven points ahead of Almirola. So those three are really not in good shape, and Kurt Busch's win really didn't help them because no. Kurt Busch is still um, ninth in the standings. Now, of course, he's first in the playoff standings, but in points, if you're looking at the top 12, he's ninth. So that moves him up, moves somebody down. As you mentioned earlier, that's Kyle Busch's brother, who is outside of the bubble as well. So Boyer, Almirola, Dylan, what do you want to say about those guys? Talladega is going to be no cupcake. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Boyer had an interesting comment and, in, you know, is this a must win? He said, no, I'm only 20 points out. A lot of points to be had at Talladega in the Roval. I would agree with that. I don't think you have to be in panic mode, 
but you you have no safety net. You you have no margin of error. You have to do everything right. And if you have a mistake at Talladega, the Roval then all of a sudden becomes a must win, and that that's a tough prospect. It's going to be interesting to see how these guys approach Talladega and the balance of racing for stage points and the importance of that versus surviving and, and making sure you get to the finish in one piece so you can you know maybe race for the win or not they maybe finish in the top ten. So I, I also echo your comments on Austin Dillon. I mean, he's thirty two points out. He was having a great run tonight, running the top ten. Looked like he was going to continue that theme of being the, the playoff dark horse and. You know, just unfortunate mechanical failure. Tough night for Richard Childers Racing, too. His teammate, Tyler Reddick, ended up going behind the wall with an issue after hitting the wall. So, tough night for them. And I expected to see, you know, really, let's be honest, just an okay night for Stuart Haas Racing. I mean, Kevin Harvick, or not, Kevin Harvick was just okay tonight. I mean, he yeah, was he struggling seemed with to, his car. Yeah, he's, he was complaining, really, uh, throughout the yeah. night about his handling. So, yeah. And he had was, a couple yeah. issues on pit road, which has been atypical for them this year. And just a... Very quiet night, and you know, not a not a concerning issue, not a concerning thing or anything, but certainly to keep in mind. And and Boyer and Amarola were were really non factors, so you know, it, something to keep an eye on. But it was just it was an odd night, and it's tough. And you look at like a Chase Elliott too. Chase had a, I mean, Chase was one of those guys that was was fighting for the win or you know, top five finish, and then you know, gets what happened with him and Ryan Newman. He got stuck behind Newman on a restart. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me on the on the final restart there. Um, as everybody's getting going in overtime, uh, Newman had a real slow restart or something. He popped out three wide, and Elliott had popped out three wide to the high side also, and Newman just wasn't going, and everybody's just blasting past both them uh, on the two lower lanes, and Elliott's just stuck there. And he, I mean, it probably cost him 15 spots at least. I mean, uh, yeah. that was that was a real bad situation for him because he had a good night going and he ends up finishing 22nd. So yeah, maybe even more than 15 spots. That was bad. Um, Newman always making friends, right? Um, late in these races, but <laughs> he's not easy to pass. Uh, he's, I don't know. It's, I, I get it. I understand the tenacity and it's respected and you know, you fight for every position and you never know. And I, I get all that, but I also look at sometimes you, you, <laughs> You just have to think that there's going to be a time where he's going. To, Ryan Newman's going to need a break, and some, and he's not going to get it because he's made some people mad. Well, you could say the same thing for Joey Logano, of course. Um, yeah, after his fine. incidents, but um, yeah, I, I I really am the I'm of the opinion that that stuff comes back to you. You can you can say, hey, I don't need friends, and I don't care how they race me. But if you ever need something back, if you're ever racing for a championship. You know, I keep always going back to Tony Stewart, 2011, where like he, you know, you just wrote an article about this actually, um, on the athletic, uh, you know, he, he, yes, he was able to come back from the front, come to the back to the front twice, but, um, he also got a lot of help. People were moving over for him and giving him plenty of space. And, um, that was all the favors that he had, you know, he was ready to cash (laughs) in, you know what I mean? The the field was like, Yeah. yeah, okay, I won't race you that hard. And. Um, it made it a lot easier. I mean, he was working his butt off, but it made him a lot easier to get up through there, you know, and nobody was holding him up essentially. So that's the yeah, kind of no. stuff to win a championship, especially in one race, you're going to need those people. So that's, that's no, all I have. And, but I, I agree with yeah. that, you know, and I, I largely agree with that. The issue, the only thing I have to say this is if the opportunity is there to win, I, I'm more on the Logano side of things. If you need to be as aggressive as possible, and if you have an opportunity to win, you need to go after it consequences be damned um winning's different just, winning's different but like at bristol last week 
Oh, or yeah. even I would even say in this Vegas race before the the contact with Kyle Busch, that block he threw on Chase Elliott, um, that's the kind of move you would make racing on like an overtime finish restart. Um, I don't know that that move you necessarily need to throw that aggressive of a block at that point in the race, and it doesn't it doesn't make people with uh, very happy with you. You know what I mean? No, I mean Alan Gustafson, uh, Chase Elliott's crew chief, said on the radio as soon as that happened. Somebody needs to spin him out. And that, like you said, that, that does create a mindset of, you know, it doesn't make you earn friends. But I, I will say this to defend Logano, that this was a race where track position meant everything. Restarts were, were, were where the passing was going to be done. And you had to be very aggressive. And I can understand why you would be aggressive in that situation. So where did I, his, you know, where did the aggression get him now i know i know that was part of a move three wide that and we heard him say to his spotter that uh you know he didn't know he was three wide at that at three wide while racing with kyle bush but he ends up getting contact um from an incident while racing hard and that puts him back and, and essentially ruins his night now he ends up rallying to 14th because of all the late cautions but still i mean is that is that worth it though like it but that was a Denny Hamlin thing to me. The way I saw that replay was uh, Joy Logano and Kyle Busch were fine going into turn three, but it was when Denny Hamlin pulled down low and tried to take them three wide, it looked like it, it the air pushed Kyle up into Logano. Uh, Logano in that situation didn't do anything wrong. It was just, it was there. I mean, he was going but for it. Even right before that, though, right before that, um, where in the moment where he and Kyle Busch didn't make contact, they're racing super hard, um, you know, blocking each other down. All that stuff again. Like I, the reason I bring this up is because I hear Kurt Busch at the end of the night saying, "Well, you know, it's sort of explaining his luck away. What's well, you know, to win these races, you've got to be there at the end and all that stuff." And, um, you know, I get it. You you're going for the win, track position. You know, you got to go aggressiveness, everything. Like I I get that, but there also has to be some sort of a bigger picture, right? That you're saying, okay, what's this? You know, long term, past this race, or even later in this race. You know, you just you can't afford to have your night ruined early if you if you want to win. So that's that's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to question I, I, I think NASCAR champion choose, Joey Logano, but no, but I think you have to pick and choose your spots. And sometimes I think there could be a case be made that Logano could probably pick and choose his spots a little bit better. But I will also say this: it's what makes him really, really good, and I think he's one of the best drivers out there. And why perennially he wins races and puts himself in the championship discussion. Yeah. Um, Jordan, you know, there's been a great deal out there and we've gotten so many new subscribers on the athletic. Um, I'm very excited about that. So, um, now I'm happy to tell you that there's actually, a, a you know, I keep every, every time I talk about it on the athletic here, I say, Oh, you know, go just click on any of our story links and it'll take you there, blah, blah, blah. And you'll get this $1 a month deal that we've been running. Right. Well, now I don't have to say that because our podcast has our own little code. So I have an actual ad read for it. Are you ready for this, Jordan? I'm ready. I'm listening. Okay. It's every sports story that matters. Join for just $1 a month or for our British listeners, one pound a month. By the way, Jordan, did you know that we have lots of um, people listening to us from overseas? I did not know they listened, but I know that our coverage from our UK, uh, I don't know, colleagues over in the UK uh, for English Premier League soccer, top notch. Highly recommended if you're a soccer fan. 
Yes, that is true. But I'm I'm like I'm I'm not even kidding, you know, because when I go to upload the podcast every week, it shows where the downloads, what different countries they came from and stuff. Oh, really? I mean, oh yeah, we have lists like listeners from all over Europe and all this stuff. It's crazy. So we're are, worldwide. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'll show you the map sometime. It's um, so anyway. If you're listening to this and you're um, overseas, thank you for. Uh, joining our American listeners and listening to us. But anyway, uh, all of anybody can get the, uh, the athletics coverage. Um, so don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save sign up to see for yourself the creativity reporting and storytelling that sets the athletic apart. And this is our link. If you go to the slash the teardown, the name of this podcast, you can receive an all access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams so go to the athletic.com slash the teardown that's the at, at, at the start uh, to receive an all access subscription for just one dollar a month we hope to see you there Jordan let's talk about uh, Talladega before we go um, you know we were talking about Eric Amaral earlier I want to I want to shine a light on his chances at making a comeback because Talladega for him uh, it's his best track um, mm-hmm. we're talking top tens, top fives. Uh, his average finish there is better than any other track that he's gone to. Now it Last took him a while came there. Yes, that's right. In 2018, it took Eric Amaral a while to figure things out. Uh, in his first, I don't know, looks like, uh, about 15 ish starts there or something. Um, he only had one top 10 finish and that was a 10th place. Now, since then, okay. 2016 fall race. I'm going to read these in order. Okay. All right. Eighth, fourth, fifth, seventh, first, ninth, fourth, third. So this that guy is, two, by the way, he came backwards. That's right. That's right. Earlier this year. <laughs> um, so listen, this guy, uh, he knows how to get around Talladega. Uh, I think he's going to be able to put himself in position. Obviously, you know, the way things fall, anybody can do it. We, we hear, but there's a lot of these guys at the end, of these uh, restrictor plate races or super speedway races not played anymore um, who end up getting themselves up front toward the end. So I really think Amarillo could be a guy who could do it. Of course, Austin Dillon, as we were talking about too, I mean, mm-hmm. Daytona 500 winner. Boyers won at uh, Talladega before. Didn't he win in the, win in the, uh, the tandem era though? Yeah, 2011, but still really good in these races. Yep, yep. So anyway, uh, I don't know. I mean, this, that's going to be, you know, it's hard to project – much further into this round until we know who survives Talladega and who doesn't. Um, so that'll be interesting. I mean, it's pretty much just going to be, you know, either you were chosen by the racing gods to escape <laughs> this race and with your points, or you're going to be in a mangled heap. Uh, you know, sounds like, I mean, Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch have already made comments like, well, we pretty much know we're going to crash when we go there. We, we expect to. So anything more than yeah, that will be I, a pleasant I hate that surprise. Mindset. Well, I think they've just been through it enough times. They're just like, yeah, what can you do? I mean, obviously they're going to, they don't want to, and they're going to try not to, but I think they feel like it's probably coming. Yeah. I I get this to some degree. I just think that I've heard other people say this, that to go into those races with, with a mindset of that, that everything is out of your control. I just frankly don't agree with it. I I think you can control some things there and it can put yourself in a position to have success and you have to have a mindset of, we're going to go there and we can do this if we, you know, yes, we need to be a little luck, but we are still good enough to go there and, and to compete and win. And we're not, you can't go there with a defeatist attitude. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I don't know what, you know, I, I don't know how much more you can say about Talladega and previewing. And we all know what to expect 
over and over again. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it's 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 the wild card. I mean, it's the almost unpredictable race of the year, and it's the it's the it's the race that is. I would honestly say has more as the biggest impact on the championship than any other up to the the championship finale. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, guess what? It's your favorite time of the week. It's Was It a Good Race Poll time. Last week on the Was It a Good Race Poll, I took another victory because I predicted 80% and Bristol was viewed as 79%. Um, You tried to guess too low. You said 62%. You you actually thought it was a better race than I did, but didn't work out for you i'm overthinking this you're overthinking it because now it's a competition and yeah you do care you do care deep down i know you must care (laughs) anyway uh this is a very this one is this is a tough one las vegas this is tough i don't know where to really go with this one because like i said i mean it was going to be i had people you know during the first two-thirds of the race going Oh, this is what's your record low on the poll? This is going to be really bad, right? And next thing you know, it uh, got pretty crazy. Now I don't know if that means good or you know, Big Joe Wall seventy two is keeping this. You know, remember he's keeping our point differential, total differential too. So you don't want to be too far off. Um, I'm up two to one. I'm only eight point six total points off through three weeks, but you're thirty two points off. So you can't have another. Huge whiff, Jordan. Or you, what? Well, then you'll just be further behind. That's all. Oh, no. <laughs> that's awful. God. Oh, jeez. Boy. I'm gonna, I'll be, like, give me a minute here, please. All right. Listen. Do you want me to go first or not? Uh, yeah, sure. Please go first. You you're want me to winner, go first? You're the big kahuna. You get to go first. All right. So I actually think this race will be viewed fairly positively just because um, it wasn't just like one crazy finish or one crazy moment like the Cole Custer thing at Kentucky that I keep going back to. Um, it was a few sequence of crazy things. So, uh, I think that that could, that's going to leave it somewhere around 80 ish. I don't know. I, I can't see it going too far below that or too far above that. I think it'd be within five points of that on either side. But, you know, Kurt Busch, you know, the, the winner aspect of it, I think, um, you know, people like that story, all that stuff, you know, some exciting restarts, things like that. I think it'll be 82%, Jordan. 82? Oh, no? You think that's too high? I think that's really high. I mean, it would, Kurt winning's a great story, and it's it's emotional, and hometown win, we get all that, blah, blah, blah. But 82? Wow. Okay. I mean, up until the last... Four, I don't know what forty laps to go. When did that la- you know? When did everything kind of shake out there? Forty laps to go or so. That race was. was let's be honest. That wasn't a great race. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think echoing what you said. I think that the emotion of it, how it played out, and the, the overtime, and everything. People like that. I'm gonna go sixty-five. Wow, I think you're. I think you're too low. But I mean, oh, geez. probably. What now, hell? now to to your credit, to your point that Kentucky race that we're going back to where um, not much happened, you know, exciting restart at the end with Cole Custer won this year. That was 48.9%. The Kentucky race last year that Kurt Busch won that I think was also not too exciting until the end. And then he had a great duel with Kyle for the win. Remember that? Um, That was was 81%. So I think this is going to be more toward that end of the scale. 
Um, so what would you yeah. say again? 60 whatever? 60 something? 65%. So you're 65. saying that the end, however the last number of laps play out, overrides anything that happened well before that. I just think people are going to come away with a positive feeling about it. Uh, and when they go to vote, they'll mostly be voting yes. Maybe I overshot it, but um, I guess we'll find out. So 82 for me, 65 for you, and we will get um, Twitter user Big Joe Wall 72 has been keeping this little playoff spreadsheet for us that is driving you nuts. All right, do you want to like? Uh, do you want to say anything to Big Joe Wall for torturing you like this no, with this spreadsheet? I, I, we, I appreciate him listening to the podcast and taking the time to do this. It's very kind of you. I'm sorry I paid no attention to it. Okay, well, uh, he did tweet just because you opened the door for this. You, you you didn't say you wanted to punch him or something. He says, he says, a violent person. Maybe Jordan needs to vote with his heart next week. So you're well, voting with your tell heart. You that I don't really have much of a heart. So, <laughs> all right. So that's that's where we're gonna leave this. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. It's pretty late here. But finally, we are done with the night races so we can, uh, you know, it's not just the night races having us stay up late. It's that by the end of it, our thoughts are all jumbled. These day races will be able to be totally more, it will make so much more sense, right? I'm sure. Maybe not. Anyway, everybody, <laughs> thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time on The Tarot Network.